for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it you there you can hear me i can hear you i'm just sending over for the link to roger now okay so i can let everybody know i guess what uh who roger is i mean he'll tell us more but uh I'm pretty sure it was episode seven when we were discussing like Israel Palestine, and well, I was discussing and trying to share my limited knowledge and about Christian Zionism and things. Uh, Roger is one of our listeners and reached out to us and like told me a bunch of things that I didn't know and was like dropping some info on me, and I threw out an invite. I said, "Please come in, come on, and school us." you know, enlighten us. So that's what Roger's going to do. Uh, he wanted to let me know. He says he's not an expert. He's just a normal guy. I don't think he's ever done a podcast before. So I think he's afraid that, you know, he's not going to be as articulate. I was like, we're not articulate. So you're going to fit right in. We're regular dudes. Come in, have fun. Let's talk. So hopefully Roger joins us in a second here. Yeah, this is great. I, I really like this because um, I know next to nothing about Christian Zionism. And it's great to have someone who just comes up and has a different perspective, um, especially about a topic like this, just because there's so much to know. And it's not like you can't necessarily... Um, like, there's just so many different ways you can interpret any kind of historical realities. There's just not, like, this one story... So, uh, That's true. A hundred percent. Yeah, there's everybody has their interpretation for sure. <laughs> I mean, I see that with like things that are happening right now. You know what I mean? We can't even decide what happened with the election. We can't even decide what happened when they knocked it down, you know, when they barged in. Was it an insurrection or was it just like some ding-dongs wearing horns on their head and they pooped on a desk, you know, like like Yeah, now imagine going back a hundred years and trying to figure out what the reality exactly. of a situation Yeah, exactly. We just have to trust the experts. You know, how much we trust the experts right now, so I don't know how you could trust the experts. This, this one group of people you should definitely not trust. It's anyone who calls themselves an expert. Anybody that thinks they're an expert, yeah, they can... <laughs> Uh, well, I was going to say a bad word. We are on our best behavior for this episode um, so that uh, so that Roger can share this with his friends because he said they don't like the brown pill. I asked, what's the brown pill? And he says it's potty language. So, I haven't heard the brown pill yet. Oh, uh, Have you sent him uh, an invite? I did. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe I should send him another one. Yeah. Uh, can you invite another friend while we're still going? Uh, let's find out. Um, shit. Found something. So, send him another link. Three. Okay. I'm texting him while we're doing this, but so I just said that I asked him if he got a link and I said we're sending another. So Okay, cool. 
Okay, I just sent him a link. Okay, let's see what happens. What are you cooking, Tony? You sound like you're cooking stuff. I was cooking some chili, man. I had some um, pig liver over and um, chilied it up with some other nice. stew meat. I like that you, dude, well, you got a lot of meat. I bet you got a lot to work with. It's Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a lot of meat. It's kind of intimidating. And so, little by little chipping away at it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've got a, basically a whole pig. Or two pigs I need to start working on. <laughs> that, yeah. It's a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I mean, we had a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. We were covered in gore. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, one thing I noticed about the pig liver is when I cut into it, you can feel the, like, it just has a blood feel to it, which, like, processed meats doesn't. Like, you're very aware that you you kill something. Mm. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, liver and all the organs have a different texture, for sure. Um, which makes them yummy. I don't know how, you're just throwing them, you're cooking the hell out of them and turning them into chili, right? Yeah, uh, I'm chiliing them, so I'm not doing anything too special. I got some of those livers too. Maybe I'll make you some liver. My mom loves liver. That's like her favorite. Do you like milk it or do you anything like that? Ah, Wait, so can I milk? Roger is here. Ah, sweet. Roger, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Awesome. I I can hear you. Good, brother. Uh, We were just discussing pig livers. Um, So we got a little off topic waiting for you to join us. Have you uh, have you ever had liver or any uh, anything like that? You like offals? Uh, liver? Yeah. As food? Yeah. yeah I, I I like I like liver, um, liver and onions, uh, beef usually, um, mm. and uh, chicken livers. I love chicken livers. Yeah, beef livers are great. If you get a young animal too, like lamb, is awesome. Like I used to go to this little butcher shop down the road that used to sell lamb kidneys and livers. Like they're just, they're primo, dude. So, sounds good. Well, Roger, we're really happy to have you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm okay. I guess with this, I haven't uh, ever done a podcast before, so I'm. I'm kind of. Uh, 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 We're just, pretty new at it too. Yeah, <laughs> this is the first time we did it three ways. So, um, yeah, you okay. you are our very first guest. Well, that's that's uh, that's nice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so I was telling Tony, I'm pretty sure it was the seventh episode. Uh, I was telling my limited knowledge about the Israel-Palestine conflict and discussing uh, uh, Christian Zionism. And you reached out to us, you DM'd us on Twitter and told mm-hmm. us you had some info and dropped it on us. And I was like, please come and share it because you know more than us. So we are very happy to have you here. And Roger, how are you? How are you doing, Roger? I'm doing good. Good. Um, I, I usually do a lot of sleeping on the weekend, so I, I'm not real awake at the moment, but I'll, work, I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay what time is it where you're at it's uh it's 9 45 
okay. Yeah. Are you on the East Coast? Wait, no, no you're I... in the country, huh? Minnesota. Are you Mountain Time? Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. What do you do for What do you do for work, Roger? I mean, you oh, don't have to tell us anything that you don't want the entire world to hear, but you can okay. keep your chest. But... I, I... Uh, primarily electrical maintenance at a, at cool. a at a manufacturer. Nice, awesome. Yeah. All right, All right I Roger. Third, I work third shifts, so <laughs> my weekends are are kind of hairy for catching up on sleep. Are is that the is that mean like graveyard? Are you working yeah. like uh, late nights? Yeah, late nights graveyards. I did that for about. I want to say like four years. That was pretty intense. I was going to school full time and I was doing graveyards and that was not a fun. It was not a fun time. I don't miss that. I, some of it I miss actually. It's kind of fun getting out of work. Everybody's asleep. The world is kind of a, like, it's weird. It's an eerie feeling, but yeah. I used to get out at like, I would go to work at like four in the afternoon and I would get out about four in the morning. And the world is still asleep. You have like a few hours to yourself before everybody else wakes up. So I'd have like a cup of tea and I could read my book. I had a little boy at the time. I think my son was probably four, five maybe. And so before he would wake up, I had like a couple hours to myself. I could read a book and then it was dad time. That was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I worked, I worked shift work about all my life, I think. Mm. It's rare that I worked a day shift, actually, for the last 30 years or so. <laughs> well, we appreciate you joining us. Uh -huh. Yeah, thanks for being here and taking time to do this. All right. Um, uh, where do we want to start with the with the Christian well, Zionism thing? I, I guess like to re just to recap your version of this, Nate, you blame the English entirely. Um, <laughs> well, for the Israel-Palestine conflict, not necessarily for Christian Zionism. Just uh, a yeah, just like a really, really um, fast real recap would be um, like okay. you said, the English sold the land of the people who were kind of living this feudal existence there. So actually, that, that was groups of rich Jews. That okay. was... Uh, that was groups of rich Jews, uh, primarily like uh, what the heck are they? Why am I forgetting their names? Uh, the Rothschilds. I was going to say the Red Shield because that's what it means, Red Shield. Uh, Rothschild family uh, and other groups of very rich Jews would uh, buy land from feudal landlords, basically like sheiks and things in uh, Saudi Arabia on land that they basically have never touched or done anything with. So the people that were actually living there, the people that like had put in time built those houses, planted those trees, were now evicted off this property that was basically their ancestral home by, by European Jews that were just coming in, buying the land, taking it, and kicking them off their property. And that, this is where some of the first conflicts started, because it was starting to make like a refugee crisis for the Palestinians, and they couldn't go back. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even rent to them. They wouldn't allow them to work on the property, even as like, they're like, man, I grew this olive tree. Can I at least work for you? Can I work on the property? You weren't allowed to hire a Palestinian. You weren't allowed to rent to a Palestinian. They basically made it like impossible for those people to come back. So 
that's where that began. And then the Brits, uh, where they get involved is this is after. Okay, I'll, I know I'm trying to make this fast. Okay, World War World War One. This is still the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire is falling apart. The Brits are trying to uh, make promises to everybody so that they keep everyone in the war fighting. And so Brits promised this land to France. They promised some to the Palestinians. They promised some of this to the Israelis, the Jews that were living there. And then at the end of the war, everybody came to get their peace and everybody got a peace except for the Palestinians, basically. Like the Palestinians were given Jordan, kind of, but it was kind of under control of the French. And like there was all this crazy stuff that happened. So Britain is basically it's about British people that think that they're smarter than everybody that think that they could like divvy up land and they rewrote maps and did all this crazy stuff that like, you know what I mean? They just destroyed the world. That's that's why I blame the British for the Israel-Palestine conflict somewhat. They, they have a big thing to do. But it was also with these European Jews that were coming yeah. here and buying this property and taking over with that in mind, they knew what they were doing. You can read some of their diaries where they were explicitly saying, we're taking this and screw them. Okay. So like Roger, let's, let's, uh, what's your take on this? Well, I would, I would say that uh, um, the Brits were probably the, the tool of, of the rich Jews in this. Oh, and that, absolutely. Uh, yeah. They, 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 they want, that was their plan. Um, to to uh, uh, recolonize Palestine with Jews, so um, uh, making it easy to do that, like with the Balfour Declaration, and uh, with uh, um, it, it, it's, it's it was all pretty much a game, though, too, because in World War One they were trying to um, uh, destroy monarchy in the rest of Europe uh, and uh, um, including including the Ottoman Empire which was also a monarchy that that uh, controlled Palestine but uh, um, monarchy is 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 uh, um, or has been uh, the Christian um, basis for society um christ christ is considered to be king of of the universe king of of all of mankind um by the fact that he is god so when he gives nations kingship he's doing it he's just he's just delegating some of his authority so um all right um, I guess I guess what I, what I'm what I'm saying is that uh, um, so uh, the Judaizers uh, or the or the or the rich Jews that you were talking about had had a stake in this um, this of monarchy in in Europe um, because of their of their uh, hatred of the kingship of Christ. Yeah, I think that there is a lot of elements to it. And I think that some of that is definitely true. Um, and I think that also, like, so the Jews definitely wanted that land because this was a whole 
I, you know, it's really interesting where you, where, where I don't know where like um, religious Zionism and there are definitely like left Zionism and right Zionism and there's atheists that were Zionists too. It's hard to find their motivations um, where like they all wanted this piece of property and it all kind of, it also seemed that like the Europeans, like you said, there were very rich and powerful Jews that were, had high places in government and had people's ears and were like, they definitely influenced the British, uh, the British government to help them. Like you said. Um, and also, I mean, Europe was pretty racist against the Jews at this time too. Like they were all pretty anti-Semitic. I think a lot of Europe was kind of happy to say like, okay, let's kick the Jews out. We can send them to this, faraway place called Palestine where we don't have to see him anymore. Like it, it's very reminiscent to me of like Abraham Lincoln, like being on board with like, what was it where he was trying to send him? Was it Libya? Oh, like Liberia, I think. Liberia, yeah. right. Where he was yeah. like, yeah, like I don't want these blacks here. This is great. Let's send them back to Africa. You know, th- like that's what a lot of the European uh, mindset was too. So I think that they were also on board to help, these uh this these jews basically make a state far away and they could just say okay we get rid of them we get them out of our hair what do you think about that well i i would say yes there's some of that involved um uh, but uh i would also say that anti-semitism is a creation of racist jews they they want people to hate them so that they can um uh have have what they want if they, if they can if they can get Palestine by having everybody in in Europe uh, hate the Jews and go to Palestine, if they if they take over Palestine with with uh, with with uh, uh, a million and a half right now, I guess uh, Jews living there, um, they the more Jews they get to come to Israel, the more they they get to take it. So, yeah, they definitely want that super majority. They have about an 80-20 in their population of citizens in Israel. And they yeah. want that they want that uh super majority. So they have yeah. con- full control of the government. Mhm. And uh um they they're doing that with the West Bank as well. They're they're colonizing that and filling it up with Jews so that they can take it completely. They've already T- taken the Golan Heights completely with, without yeah. uh, with, with the help of uh, Donald Trump. So, well, they had taken the the Golan Heights, I think, for a long time ago, right? Because weren't um, wasn't it Hamas that was sending up? Basically, it's strategic. They're never going to give the Golan Heights back because, like, uh, it would be a perfect place to set up rockets and just fire directly into Israel. And they saw that as a weak spot. And so technically they were supposed to give that back to Lebanon, right? Isn't that part of, wasn't that part of it Lebanon? Part of Syria. It is still part oh, of Syria. Syria. Okay. And uh, yeah, they took that and yeah, but Donald Trump definitely legitimizes it and because he's a big Christian Zionist shell and was like, absolutely. And we're moving the, the embassy as well. You know, yeah, yeah, and I think it's wild that so many conservatives think that that's a great idea and back him to the hilt. I'm like, wow, okay. I mean, not that Joe Biden's any better. Joe Biden's horrible, but 
You know, it's like, that's why I don't support politicians myself. I can't imagine most people really have strong feelings on that one issue. I think that people just kind of have a, like, if that's your guy, then you have a a bit of trust in them. Well, here's the thing, Tony. It's like, this is like what we're going to talk about. These people do have that much tied into this because it has become a religious thing. They think that, like, they are being part of the end of times right now. And these Christians think that if we let Israel take over the Holy Land and we let them build the temple, this is going to bring about the end of the world. We're going to get Jesus back, right? This is the dispensationalist kind of argument. And so mm-hmm. they, they, they're they basically the biggest, like, uh, collapsitarians. That's what I was saying before. They're like, we want to see the end of the world come. So Jesus comes back. Do either of you know about how many people are involved in this movement? Dude, several million. Okay. Several million Christians are on board with this. It's it's pretty crazy. It's almost a majority of American Christians actually. I feel like I'm in you and I are in the minority, Roger. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um I I uh, am a convert to Roman Catholic uh, traditional Catholic Catholicism. And um, but I came from from the from the evangelical um, uh, you know, I met another person really recently uh, that was a was a evangelical as well, and he just uh, converted to Catholicism. I'm still uh, Protestant myself, some flavor of Protestant, but I love my my Roman Catholic brothers and my Anglican and Orthodox brothers, so yeah. Well, it, it's uh, it's uh, um, the the Christian Zionism, um, I think, had a big big step forward with the Schofield Bible, which came out about uh, uh, the end of the 18th century, and it it uh, in its notes on on the the apocalypse. Uh, book of Revelation. It uh, it's it stated that it it believed um, in this dispensational dispensationalism of Israel having to be back in Palestine, uh, uh, of the Jews being back, building of the temple being necessary for the uh, um, uh, end of times for for the. For the uh, um, uh, Armageddon, the, the final war, and yeah. and so I I think what what they're doing is they're 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 pushing God, <laughs> they're trying to push God into into the end times so that so that God will end the world. I think they're trying to God force has his own time. Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to force God's hand. They're like, end it now. I mean, yeah. it feels like Armageddon every day now, so I don't know what the deal is. But um, um, So, Roger, what, what exactly is the Schofield Bible? Can you explain that? Um, it's, uh, I, I don't remember the guy's first name, but the, the last name is a, is a guy who made a commentary on the whole Bible and, uh, and published it back, back in at, toward the end of the uh, 18th century and well, 19th century and into the eight into the 20th century. That's when it became popular. When evangelicals actually 
pretty much started to take take root in, in America as well. Uh, before before that, uh, um, I guess I guess the Baptists were were older than 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 any of the others, but uh, I think the Baptists were uh, uh, pretty much the ones that that took hold of this of this uh, uh, dispensationalism from the Schofield Bible. I, it really does seem Baptist heavy, at least Southern Baptist. Yeah, you know, I definitely feel a lot of that coming from there. Yeah, and and also, also, uh, uh, especially the Pentecostals. Um, those those were the the big preachers of 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 the uh, of the end times. They hmm. they, uh, they made they made people all emotional about. Uh, uh, about about God and about fear of, of the end times and of war, um, in order to get them to to follow them, basically not not necessarily to to change their lives much, other than other than to show that they had some proof that they were that they were actually worth something. <laughs> You know, to me, I think that that is probably the saddest thing is that those type of people took the name Pentecostal because, dude, the time of Pentecost, I think that's a beautiful time. You know, that was the time when when God came down and gave people the Holy Spirit and they were speaking in different tongues. And he was saying, go out to every land and testify and, you know, bring people, you know, bring people in and show them my love. And these people <laughs> turned it into a doomsday cult and they're, you know, and trying to. Yeah, I think it's pretty sad, and they're they're like I don't know what's the right word, but like like you said, they're like trying to shame people, and they're trying to do the the fire and brimstone and getting them all emotional, and the world's about to end, and yeah, that it's pretty gnarly and pretty awful, and I don't like to give them the name Pentecostal. I, I wish we could give them a different name. <laughs> well, they're uh, uh, I guess charismatics is what they like to be called now. Yeah. Uh, so we could call them that, but uh, charismatics means they have gifts. Um, yes, have special gifts from God. And uh, uh, see, your and, your friends might not like it, but that's that's the type of church that I come from. I we are a charismatic church, and I I like it, and I feel the Holy Spirit, and I like I I you know what's funny is we're having this we're having this uh, podcast and on this topic. And um, the church that I go to right now is a Messianic church. And uh, it's really funny, man, because most of the people that are sitting right next to me are wearing yarmulkes, the whole thing. They're blowing the shofar. Like, I appreciate it. And these guys are, like, great Christians. But about at least half of them are waving Israeli flags and American flags. And I'm like, I don't know if I belong here. You know? (laughs) Like, some of them are definitely, uh, definitely Christian Zionists. And, um... I, I I appreciate the pastor. I appreciate like the the family that I've uh, that I've made there. They're fantastic. But you know, we if we had an honest conversation, I'm pretty sure they'd tell me to kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, I think so. If you're talking like you are now here, yeah. <laughs> compared to what what's going on there, yeah, I I, so I no I I, I I left I left charismaticism. Um, probably about 30 years ago and uh um so <laughs> it's, it's been a while for me 
and there was no no way they were that blatant blatantly pro-israel back then as as these are now well this is specifically a messianic church so what that means is like these guys are well this is like a a slavic messianic church so these guys are russian jews and so they're they're jews they're basically jews for jesus so there are Jews okay. that have accepted Jesus. So they have a lot of the old traditions, like some of them are wearing the prayer shawls, some, you know, and uh, lots of yarmulkes, definitely the shofars. Uh, like, and it, it's fun, man. I, I really love these guys. They're fantastic. But if they knew how I felt that I think Israel is a terrorist state, they probably wouldn't be cool with it. <laughs> I would say no, yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love I guess, them. I guess My I guess I've heard of I've heard of uh, uh, messianic uh, um, messianic Jews back when I was a charismatic myself. Um, oh, because they love some them. Of the, some of they the early of uh, Christian music. Um, is where I, I probably I caught on to it, um, but never had actually any experience of, of real messianic who's seeing it, seeing and knowing any of them. Well, I can tell you from my mom and from my sister and from like my, my family, there, there's almost like a fetishization of Jewish people. Like uh-huh. they love them. If they see some guy in a kippah, or you know what I mean? They're all over them. They're like, "Oh, hi!" And they like Jews are like, they're like Michael Jordan. They, uh, they okay. They, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. That that's the kind of household that I grew up in. That we were just okay. we love Jesus, but we love the Jews almost as much. All right, that that's, we better get on our knees and pray towards Israel. Let's pray right now. <laughs> <laughs> that that is kind of the basis of, of Zionism. It's it's the worship of the of the nation of Israel, uh, of the Jewish people. It's it's a it's a racial thing, it, and uh, um, I think I think it was even even pretty early in in like in the seventies and eighties that the UN. Uh, condemn Zionism as a racist uh, uh, ideology. So it's it's ethno nationalism is what it is. It's it's definitely it's definitely racist because there's mm-hmm. even like tears inside of Israel, like the Ashkenazis, like the the actual white, blonde hair, blue eyed ones that are from Europe and actually don't have any Jewish blood in them whatsoever. Uh, those guys are on top. They only make up like 20% of the population. They're like the big ones. Then you have the Sephardic Jews, and those are maybe actually Jewish people that actually maybe can tie their bloodline back to the land of Israel. But they mm-hmm. lived in, you know, maybe uh, Morocco, or they lived in like North Africa and maybe even some of Spain and stuff. Those are the Sephardic Jews. And then mm-hmm. you have below them, you have like, uh, well, I, the Orthodox is somewhere in there too. But then you have the, the, you know what I'm talking about? Who are the guys with the, with the cute little curls? What are they called? Uh, <laughs> Hasidics. Yeah, the Hasidics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the ones they're almost on the bottom of the Jews, dude. They they don't like them. 
because most Jews in Israel are not religious in any way, shape, or form. And those Hasids might actually have principles, and they will judge the other Jews. Like, there's a whole bunch of Hasids that don't think, that are not Zionists. They're anti-Zionists. Yeah, I know about that, yeah. It's a big thing. They're like, we should not have stole this land. Those Palestinians are our brothers. I respect them. I'll sit down and eat with them. Those, they are people. We need to quit this apartheid. And I'm like, damn, they're dropping hard red pills. That's some good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And they are definitely looked down upon in the hierarchy for speaking uh the truth. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um. I I have read several books, I guess that that uh, that uh, are on this subject, and uh, um, or I've I've read certain authors on this subject. Right now, I'm reading um, Hervé Rissen's Psychoanalysis of Judaism. I'm about two thirds of the way through it. Um, and it's it's very interesting as far as as the the um, um, Jews Jews when they live in other nations rarely assimilate they they do so in a false way so I so agree. they're accepted accepted as as citizens and can make money basically and. And uh, and also that they so that they can get in into power somehow in control the power of the states. There's absolutely an in, in group preference. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And uh, um, we see that a lot in in uh, um, in America, especially in in the. Uh, uh, entertainment and media. Um, how how they the the two two percent Jewish population of, of America uh, controls about seventy five percent of Hollywood, <laughs> mm-hmm. and probably eighty percent of of the uh, news media. So it, it's kind of it's kind of like. Uh, um, uh, it's probably probably anti-Semitic to say that so, uh, when you tell the truth about what's going on, uh, how can you, how can that be um, anti-racial? <laughs> it's more, well, it's more especially like, if all the well, they'll also try to play that both ways. Where they say we're just a religion. Yeah. Right. You know, and but then they'll also make some hard ethnic claims too, which is just I don't know how they they play both sides of that fence. When it when it's you know when it's beneficial to them, they'll just say we're a religion, we're not a people. And then the, as soon as you start attacking them, we're a people, and that makes you racist. So there's there's that. But um, I guess what I would want to say is maybe slightly push back a little. Um, and I and I'm just doing this to play devil's advocate here. Um, do you think, or maybe I'll just ask your opinion? Okay, so do you think that there's like, uh, like an actual group 
or like some sort of cabal that's like actually in charge of this? Like how do, like cuz we can say that they make up 2% of the population. That's about true, right? So there's some Jews here that that make up uh, a huge a portion of the media, Hollywood, different things like that. Uh, even government and definitely banking and definitely like all of that like financial systems. Uh, so but who's in charge of that? So, like, let's just say they take over. Like, like, what are they doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I maybe they are just smart people. Like, I mean, that's the other argument that like they're just very smart, and this is what they're good at. And then they'll also like because hey, that's my cousin. I'm gonna hire him. You know what I mean? Because there's that in group preference. They go. They they you know tend to be in these areas, and then they hire each other. You know what I mean, or sell the companies with, like their group. I I don't I don't know. So, do you know what I'm trying to say or no? <laughs> yeah, I I guess I guess what you could say is they they um um they I wouldn't say that they're smart. I would say that they're maybe clever in in manipulating people. Okay. And, I mean, I think that takes a little bit of smarts to be good at that, but yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by manipulating? You can be a very smart psychopath. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but I, what I do you mean by that happening? <laughs> yeah. Very smart psychopaths are in charge of 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 Joe Biden right now. I think. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think government is eighty nine, ninety five percent psychopaths. That like there's that power, and so those type of people will go to those type of places, and then they're going to rise to the ranks because they don't mind stabbing people in the back, stepping on people's heads to get there. It's those type of people that are ruthless, that don't have feelings, emotions, don't care about other people, that are going to you know take those spots of power and position. So I think that government is primarily made out of psychopaths. But um, I guess what I'd say is so like what Tony was saying, like manipulate how and why and who's in charge of the manipulation. Like, do you think that there's a singular group that like says, this is what we're doing now. And then they use power positions within places. Or do you think it's just kind of like spontaneous order or what, what are your thoughts? I, I think it's pretty much planned. Um, uh, what we call a deep state. Um, what we what we see in the in the manipulator, the highest manipulators of money, such as uh, um, Sheldon Adelson and and uh, what's the other guy on the other side? <laughs> Sheldon Adelson was on the Republican side. Uh, um, yeah, and also uh, yeah, Adelson. But then you also had uh, the the brothers. One of them just died recently, right? You had. Yeah. Yeah, the Cokes. You had the Cokes and Sheldon Adelson on the right. And then you have, uh, what's his name? That crazy guy that funds all the Antifa. You know who I'm talking about, Tony? Oh, Soros, yeah. Yeah, you had George Soros on the left. Those those guys are pretty high up in there. Um, uh, Because because of the amount of money that they're able to throw around to these different... power people it also seems probably that the Rothschilds are more on the left side too they seem to be well they fund both sides 
So the Rothschilds are maybe just like chaotic evil. They they go yeah, on. I think they want to create division no matter what. Like I don't think it's a side thing at some level. Well, okay, I guess this is what I would ask you next, Roger, because I don't necessarily think that the Jews are on top of this pyramid. You know what I mean? I think that they're a power player, but I mean, what do you think? Do you think that they're the like hand behind? Do you think they're the ones well, pulling the puppet strings, or? Um, I, I I think that as far as as um, the war against uh, Christ and His Church goes, the devil is on top, and he uses whoever oh, yeah. will, will 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 get involved, whoever he can he can buy with his uh, pleasures and money. Um, I guess I, where I, I get. I guess where I get uncomfortable just throwing out like, hey, Jews are in charge of the media. It's not like every Jew. I got a lot of Jewish friends that they're not in charge of shit. Sorry, pardon my, I'm trying not to do the, the brown, the brown pill. We discussed that. <laughs> uh, they're not in charge of anything. So I, it's, it almost seems like there is like, so this is where, I'll, okay, I'll play devil's advocate again. Well, they'll say that there's elite bloodlines, that there's like an elite, like 13 families that are actually in charge of all this. So, like, it's hard for me to say the Jews are in charge of this, that, and the other, where I'd say, like, there's probably like seven families within the 13 that are, that happen to be Jewish. And they're the ones that are like pulling a whole bunch of strings, uh, where I'll say, like, it's obviously not like Fred down the street. Fred down the street has nothing to do with this. You know what I mean? Um, so where yeah. do you differentiate? How do you, like, wh what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, the, uh, the, the Jews as, as consider themselves as a whole people, they they seem to support whoever is in, whoever is in charge from from above, and uh, and as far as and and they're made to do that by by this uh, um, strange thing called anti-Semitism. <laughs> because yeah, because they, will they will defend their people over over the over other other considerations such as truth, uh, goodness, um, what's best for the nation, uh, seem to take second place to, to um, um, defending their race. Well, what I, where I would push back again is something like, I think that these are high power people that are manipulating people and making them uh, more and more, uh, more and more divided in a way. Like it's the same thing that they're doing with black people right now. They're making, they're like making black people. You have to think this way and we have to defend black people. And this is all, you yeah. know, the whole black lives matter movement is about getting them to see themselves as an oppressed group. And so that they will collectivize. And it's the same thing they're doing with Mexicans. I'm a beaner myself. So uh, they, they're trying to do this to me. They, they're like, they're trying to tell me that I'm Latinx. That's what they try to tell me. And that all these Mexicans, and guess what? Donald Trump is going to put you on a train and he's going to send you back to Mexico if he doesn't gas you first. And, you know, all this crazy bull <laughs> uh, 
you know, and it, and again, where you, where I would just point out to be, uh, play devil's advocate again, I would say, as far as blaming all these Jewish people, I would say it's the same way that like, uh, leftists will blame all white men. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are the devil. White men have been in charge of this. And it, how many white men are in Congress right now? How many white men control, you know, you can have all this argument where I would say something like, uh, traditionally, right? Uh, I, I think that me and Tony had this argument, uh, uh, I think last episode, where we were talking about white men uh, being in charge of the world or something, where I would say something like, how many white men were actually in charge of the world? There was a king, right? And then he had his nobility and he had some lords and things like that. And then there was just all these white men that were just serfs that would have to work at the whim and die at the whim and be, you know, constructed, you know, contracted into an army or, you know, toil until they died, right? So I wouldn't necessarily blame all of those terrible things that the king did because on white men, because the king happened to be a white man. Yeah. And also with it, like, I think it's really easy to look at whenever a group is successful to look at, look at it with like some kind of like slant high and be like, Oh, they must be doing something wrong. And uh, like, no doubt. Like if you become successful as a group, like there is that in group preference or it's a level of nepotism that makes it easier to maintain that level than it is to like rise to that level. But I feel like, yeah, it's like kind of like the same thing of where you just blame like white people. You blame like, like, so I think there are like, there's definitely like some shady people for sure. Um, but I think it's like a collectivist trap kind of getting into that line of thought. It can be, yeah, where we just necessarily point. So that's where I try to be a little bit more direct. And I'd be like, yes, there does happen to be a lot of, if they happen to be Jews, these people that are in charge of X, right? But maybe we should be looking closer at like, what are what's tying these people together? Like, is this maybe like a secret society? And maybe that is what Zionism is, really. I mean, I think they probably have an elite tie. Because I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, connections between like uh, high-level masonry and uh, and Zionism. Like, there's a huge correlation. What do you think, well, Roger? Well, masonry is is kind of a creation of of uh, of Judaism. It's kind of a uh, um, uh, along the same lines of the of the mysticism of the Kabbalah, which mm-hmm. is which is of Jewish origin, and um, so. Uh, it's kind of like uh, there could. Uh, it's it being a secret society means means that you have to hide and you have to lie, and having to hide and lie makes you an. Uh, uh, what would you say, a person that that that, that doesn't get along with other people? <laughs> yes. Well, actually, I, I would actually disagree with that a little bit. I don't think you need to lie to be, like, I, I'm sure people in secret societies do lie. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, the secret, but I don't, I don't think there's anything intrinsic to secret societies where you'd have to lie. I mean, I could Depends see what they're doing. Because, like, well, I don't think the Elks Lodge, I don't think the Elks Lodge are doing anything too shady. I think they're just getting drunk and, like, hiding from their wife. 
Well, but, no, but like the Elf Lodge isn't a secret society, but I think, I mean, why wouldn't there be secret societies out there that aren't trying to run the world? I mean, I think that, like, there's all sorts of different groups that gather for different reasons. I think that people want support in some ways, and for whatever reason, you might not want to express that to the world. I mean, I just met someone from, uh, he, I mean, I don't, um, well, he was at Sportsfest, and he was talking about some society that he's in, but he couldn't get into it that much because it was secretive to non-members. I don't think they're trying to take over the world. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not invited, but... Um... Uh, I'd be very skeptical of this person. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, like, yeah, see, you say secret society, it just sounds terrible. Like, it sounds like something's bad. But it just Anything like... he's doing, yeah, yep, yep, he's bad. I don't know who he is, but I don't like him. <laughs> well, um, I guess what I was talking about with the Freemasonry is the higher ups, and and uh, the the like the thirty third degrees or whatever, you know, who, who have to pretty much sell their souls to the devil. But um, the uh, like like the Elks and and the and the uh, um, other other lodges that. Uh, that do charitable work and stuff like that. That's kind of like the the uh, um, the face of Freemasonry for the for the world. Um, a way to draw people in. Yeah, they're definitely trying to pretend all they're doing is getting drunk and doing frat boy stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's what they'd like you to think. And I think probably eighty percent of them are just doing that. You yeah. know, it's just a bunch of guys just that. get together and they do weird stuff. They wear a smock and spank each other or something terrible. I, I don't I have no idea. But uh, <laughs> and then do some weird handshakes. Yeah. But yes, I definitely think that there's an upper crust elite in the, within Freemasonry that is doing some shady stuff. And I think that's where the Illuminati gets involved. Right. That's probably the more elite version. Like you get moved into the Illuminati if you're a trusted brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, is that the way that any society works? I mean, I'm sure um, like the Vatican probably has some really shady stuff going on with some people. Oh, I'd mean, say like 50% is... of it. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, but who knows? We've, like, we've got, got pre-nations in the Vatican. We've got, we've got one as Pope right now, I think, personally. Uh, I, I think so, too. No, that man is pure evil. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a shady character. See, and see, I honestly, that would be my hardest part of ever really becoming a Catholic because of maybe so many of their, uh, th- there's some dark stuff going on at the Vatican that needs the needs God's light there you know what i mean he needs he needs to clean that city because there have been some dark folks that have really taken that and uh i would have a hard time (laughs) being a catholic myself i I, I, i'm not not that kind of catholic myself i i have never been what they would call the uh, the new order catholic or the novus ordo uh type catholic other than other than when i first first was looking into it because because as, as soon as I started reading reading uh, um, saints writings um, I saw what the Catholic faith was and then when I saw, started reading 
what Catholics in society are doing right now, it doesn't line up. So <laughs> there's yeah, dude. I absolutely love some like I I have a whole book. I'll send them to you if you want. Uh, a whole book. Uh, it's an a PDF version, so I can send it to you. Uh, of basically like early church quotes, and this is like anyone from Tertullian to like uh, uh all these guys, dude. And it's fantastic. They're amazing. Like the mm -hmm. early church guys were just they're fantastic, and yeah. I, it's hard to see. Like, I want to see that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to live my life like some of the early Christians. Like, that, like I'm trying to be a follower of Christ. And mm -hmm. that is what I want to see. And I don't see a lot of that represent, represented, really, in the Catholic Church, but or in the charismatic movement, or in the Baptists, or, you know, like, I could just keep going on, you know? <laughs> maybe yeah. the closest you'd get is maybe some of the Orthodox guys. Uh, but I, even then, I, I don't know. I I have been uh, um, with uh, the Society of St. Pius X type Catholics for the past 20 years. And uh, um, that, that it, they, they pretty much um, make, make it their, their business to stick to the old, tr old truce. To stick to everything uh, pre uh, modernism, pre Vatican II, um, so that so that they so that they keep the faith as it was passed down from the apostles, yeah. and and that's that's my that's where my stance is. Um, that's really cool. Uh, is there? So I don't even know if I'd call myself a Catholic. Then I don't know what that is. But maybe it is. I don't know. Like, uh, because uh, I I almost wouldn't want to be associated with what Catholicism has looked like today. It's like I myself. I think I'm probably a libertarian, but I won't call myself a libertarian because of all the fools that call themselves libertarians. I don't want to be seen as that. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um... I, I think if you if you look at the uh, uh, Nicene Creed and the Athanasian Creed, um, those those are pretty much the traditional creeds of the church. Uh, if you believe all those things, you're probably Catholic. You just you just have to, uh, <laughs> especially the Athanasian Creed, because it uh, is 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 after the. Uh, um, uh, from from the from after the condemnation of of the Arians, which was the first big um, um, apostasy in the church, which was around the fourth and fifth century. That's all really fascinating. I've got a buddy that uh, he's an Anglican guy, but he's sort of flirting with Catholicism and he's, he's really in with like the Orthodox kind of stuff. I think he would be an interesting person for you to talk to. Maybe I'll hook you up with him at some point or I'll send him what you're talking about. Cause I think he's into this. He found yeah. Anglicanism, but I think he's, uh, I'm not going to say his name so he won't get in trouble. I'm pretty sure he's trying to go Catholic right now, but he's trying to go old school Catholic. You know, he's yeah. not trying to be one of these. Things. Yeah. The, the <laughs> society of St. Pius X is, is uh, active pretty, 
pretty much in, in every state uh, in the United States. It's in, active in, in England. England is locked down pretty much, pretty much not, not much going on as far as expansion of, of the traditional Catholic groups there. But uh, actually, actually the, in, in the U.S., the SSPX was the only ones that stayed open in a lot of states. Um, the only ones that still had masks because they were all uh, adhering to this to the uh, to the CDC's lies and and Fauci's lies. <laughs> hey, Roger, what are your thoughts on the Orthodox Church? I've got a friend that uh, he's not Greek or Russian or any of that. He's actually. Uh, he's a friend of mine. I think that he grew up in India. And so this is like the Syrian Orthodox Church. It's mm -hmm. really fascinating. Uh, he loves all the iconography and all that stuff. And he's a really awesome, kind, giving, really sweet person. I don't know anything about it. What are, what are your thoughts on uh, the Orthodox Church? What? And I, I, now I'm going way off. Where did you guys uh, break off? The Orthodox um broke off from the Catholics at, in in stages, I guess, between the 11th and the 15th centuries. Um, and it was mostly because they, they wouldn't submit to some of the things that were going on in Rome. And Which may or may not have been a good thing at the time, huh? Or no? In some, in some things, they, 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 kept, they kept the faith better than, the, than Rome. In other things, they they uh, uh, they they left because of, of politics. Um, yeah, dude. Someone was telling me about some Greek Orthodox. Uh, they don't believe in hell. Is that a thing? Like they were trying I, to explain. I hadn't heard of that. Um, I I think that they have stopped being Orthodox if they don't believe in hell. <laughs> yeah, I I listened to this guy. He was telling me I was listening to a video. This guy had the big long beard and the bald head, and he was wearing the black, you know, stuff with the big cross, you know, and he was talking, he was trying to explain the difference between Protestantism and Orthodoxy, and it, at the end, he basically, it basically, he was making a case for universalism. I was like, that's, that's the difference? Like, you guys think everybody's going to heaven, and there is no hell? I was like, mm -hmm. uh, it was like, you sound like a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so I, I don't know are, if they all there are that. Eastern rites in the Catholic Church as well. They they kept mm. they kept their uh, their liturgy and uh, um, and their spirituality that that is based on on East Eastern Catholicism, but they are in union with Rome. Um, Interesting. There are the the thing about the Orthodox is that they probably have. Um, valid order. In other words, they have bishops and priests that are actually bishops and priests that were of, of the sort that were ordained by Jesus Christ himself. Hmm. So, uh, but um, the Anglicans, um, they, they lost their, they lost their, their, how true is this? That the Anglicans started, the Church of England started. I mean, I watched this stupid series that was on HBO a long time ago. It was called The Tudors. 
right? And it was about Henry VIII wanting to get a divorce. And basically, he, like, coerced a bunch of uh, Roman Catholic priests within England to let him get a divorce. And then at, at that point, the Pope uh, excommunicated him. And so then he was like, all right, fine. We're our own church now. And that's how it started. Is that true? That's pretty much close to it. it he, he tried to get a divorce from, from his, his uh, um, from Catherine, Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. And, and uh, because she couldn't have it, she, she couldn't have children. She, he wanted a male heir. And since she, she couldn't have children, um, he couldn't marry anybody else and, and have a male heir. And, and whoever, whoever would have been heir would have been uh, in his brother's lines instead of his own. So he, would, he, wanted, to, uh, he wanted to keep, keep the throne in his name. And he, he wanted that more than he wanted to keep, keep the Catholic faith. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, that's the origin. And he made himself, he made himself the head of the, of the, of the church in England uh, instead, of, instead of the Pope. And that was, it, it actually, actually it was after he did that that he was excommunicated. Gotcha. And it, it, so you definitely reject the King James Bible then, because that was all uh, him, right? <laughs> well, no, that was that was one of his successors that that made yeah. the, the King James Bible. But uh, um, it uh, it the King James translation um, has is is pretty close to the to the. Um, the Catholic translation, which is the Douay Reims, as far as as, um, but but it 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 um, the King James downplayed the authority of Peter. It downplayed the uh, uh, the role of of Mary and other things. But uh, I guess if I were to pick up a King James Bible, there would be little that I would have problems with myself. Okay, that's interesting. I just, I don't honestly know too much about Catholicism. So this is all new for me. And I know that I had heard that you guys have your own version of the Bible. That's true? Yes. Okay, um, and what one more time? What's that called? It's called the Douay Reims. Douay Reims. Okay. Douay Reims. It was it was made during the uh, um, exile of the Catholics from from England, and it okay. was it was uh, made in in by priests that were exiled to France. Okay, fascinating. Okay. Uh, so I don't know if we want to go back to. Christian Zionism. I don't know if we've like covered that pretty good, or uh, do you do you have more you wanted to talk to us about Christian Zionism, like maybe where it started? And uh, so I think we kind of talked about where it started. Maybe what what are its effects today? And because I find that fascinating, um, 
Let me read something real fast. Okay. Um, I have a screenshot here. This is from the... They're called the MPN. They're the American Jewish Community. Or, uh, no, hold on. What group is this? Man, it's called the CF, CUFI. Anyways, long story short, this is an organization with... it's. Oh, sorry, here it is. It's Christians United for Israel, which mm-hmm. already makes my hackles rise <laughs> so it's called the cf c-u-f-i christians united for israel it says they met in washington on monday so this is uh this is probably a year old i think this is when trump was in was in uh office right and so it says christians united and is uh sorry on it. <sighs> one more time the c-u-f-i Christians United for Israel met in Washington on Monday, attracting thousands of attendees and featuring speeches from Israeli Prime Minister. I lost you. I okay. Hey Nate, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you're here. I think we lost Nathan. Okay. Okay, um, well, see if we can get him back, but... Um... Tony. Yes, okay, you're back. You're. I'm back, okay. Okay, we lost you about, like, a minute ago. <laughs> That's a bummer. I was reading this thing. Uh, basically, uh, I was reading this thing. It's called the C-U-F-I, the Christians United for Israel, right? Yeah. It's this, okay. it's this group. I don't know what the last thing is you heard from me. But it's basically these guys, they met in Washington, and the people that were there were uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, Secretary of State and former CIA Director Mike Pompeo. uh, What's his dumb name? Uh, Mike Pence and John Bolton all went to this thing, and they were all speakers at this Christian United for Israel summit that was in Washington, D.C., now I can't think of a worse group of people. <laughs> you got that right. So this is what I was trying to explain to Tony that like there's like Christian Zionism is scary on its own, but they had representation in the White House, which was absolutely nuts. I was trying to explain to him like these guys are as crazy with conspiracy theories as like any Q. Or any like you know like nutty, far weird group that you can imagine, and these people had institutional power in the White House, like Mike Pompeo, and John Bolton, and Mike Pence, all think that they're doing God's work by bringing an end to the world currently by supporting Israel. Well, do they think that, or do they just see a pop like do they see a group that they're trying to like cater to? No, dude. No, no, no. These are actual true believers. Well, the believers, yeah, yeah but like I, people... Like, I, I, I no, th- I'm saying they are. I'm saying Mike Pence believes this to his core. Like, if you see the way they act and see the things that they do, it's irrational, first of all, and it doesn't help America in any way, shape, or form. They will do crazy bullshit. Sorry again for the brown pill. They will do crazy things for the state of Israel specifically, these people are tried and true believers 
in, that were in the darn White House in the government doing crazy things. Eh, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that they have any kind of real allegiance towards anything besides themselves. But maybe, maybe. I mean, I you might be right. So, but I, it's hard for me to. Uh, these people, I, I, I've known these people i grew up with these people and yes you're right maybe they're just trying to manipulate those people that i known and grow up with grew up with but uh dude if you listen to these people i don't know dude i also watched the vice presidential uh what is that the vice presidential debate listening to mike pence and kamala harris trying to go at it and mike pence is one slippery eel dude so like to say that he believes in anything besides himself you might be right he might be a lizard person. Like he sounds like a lizard person to me. Yeah. So I don't know, but I'm just throwing that out there. Like uh, whether or not they're true believers. Okay. These people believe in Israel and were doing everything they could to suck turds out of Benjamin Netanyahu's behind. It was okay, so they have- absolutely disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I just uh, came across something on Twitter um, about uh, this guy that was uh, um, pretty supportive of Trump uh, coming out against uh, the uh, um, the the way things are happening in Israel with Netanyahu getting kicked to the curb finally and uh, yeah and he was he was a, he was a Netanyahu baby worshiper and. <laughs> and he came out with some pretty anti-Semitic things, as far as uh, saying that these that these these Jews in Israel aren't aren't uh, good enough Jews to to to, to select a new leader. <laughs> That's nuts, man. Yeah, I I've actually I was just listening to a history podcast on the Netanyahu family, actually, and they're pretty dark deep state type of folks like it's they have been longtime zionists they were there in the beginning in the formation of israel and before mm. the formation of israel and they're just crooks down to their core they were dirty rotten from the beginning and but they were true believers and like i benjamin netanyahu was never a religious person none of the netanyahus were ever very religious but they were very Zionist. And so that's where it's like Zionism has this weird, uh, there is like actual leftism, left Zionism. And they were the ones that were in charge of Israel for the longest time. And now there is this right wing Zionism that happens to be in charge now. And, uh, but there's also this atheist and it's now the people that are in charge of Israel right now is are so right wing it's it's absolutely nuts like benjamin netanyahu is almost uh moderate like the people that took over are absolutely like far right and it's funny to me to see the the people that were that were oppressed and the people that were that were killed the people that were marginalized in world war ii and the holocaust just turn around and turn into the fascists that they hated so much, that were hurting them so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, um, the, uh, 
I, I had uh, mentioned to you before, I guess, in, in our, in our uh, uh, texting back and forth on Twitter um, about uh, Michael Hoffman. Michael Hoffman. Um, okay. Tell me about Michael Hoffman. He has, he has written quite a few books on, on the Jewish question. Um, I have right here uh, Judaism's Strange Gods. And uh, um, in it, he, he talks about how Adolf Hitler was a tool of the Jews to get Israel created. They definitely took like, okay, so again, with something like even something like 9-11, they took a tragedy and made the most out of it, right? So they yeah. took what maybe really happened. They took something that really happened, like the Holocaust. They're definitely Jews, but uh, what they don't talk about very much anymore, which they should. There was also like handicapped people. There was also Czechs. There was also like, you know, all kinds of other people that were being like Slavic people that were being and Romani people that were being murdered, actually much more than the Jews. But uh, those people just get forgotten about, which is convenient or odd or weird. But long story short, they definitely use that propaganda hardcore when it came to mm. getting people to sympathize for them and definitely getting people to help them with the formation of Israel because they yeah. needed, they needed somebody to believe in them and to feel bad for them and to be on their side when it came to basically imperialism. They came to an inhabited area and they kicked out the native inhabitants there and they basically treated them like garbage. Yeah. Kicked them out. How many, how many Americans know what the knockbot is? Not enough. What is it? What is it? Yeah. It's, it's called it, the it's, tragedy. The knockbot. It's called the tragedy. It's the tragedy when, when Israel went to war in Palestine to take its land. It threw out 750,000 Palestinians. It just uprooted them completely and kicked them out of their land. And that's why there was so many in Gaza, so many in the West Bank, in, in, in uh, refugee camps. And so the other thing about that, too, is that they, they basically, they, with armed, they were armed with guns saying, get out now. They're like, if you don't get out, they were doing things like smashing babies' heads against rocks. They were raping wives in front of husbands. They were slitting throats. They were cutting people's noses. Like, like you know what I mean? They were chopping off fingers, arms, like doing horrible things to people. And they were yeah. like, get out now. Go. And so. Establishment of Israel was a terrorist action. It was a terrorist action. It was absolutely disgusting was, and awful and evil. Terrorist action. So they did this, and what they did is they made all these people leave their houses and leave their homelands and try to go into the desert, and they tried to go to Jordan, and they tried to go to Iraq, or sorry, not Iraq, they tried to go to Egypt, and they tried to go to Syria, and they tried to go to like Lebanon, they tried to go to these surrounding countries, and those countries unfortunately said no get out 
And so it left all these people literally in the middle of the desert, like these refugees. And that is what the remnants are of the West Bank and Gaza are all these people that like, and here's the thing is when they tried to go home, when they tried to come back, they say that there's no right of return. They will not let them have their houses. They will not let them have their territory. They will not let them have anything from like, can you imagine people with guns right now, Tony coming in, like raping your girlfriend, like killing your cat, pointing a gun at you saying, get out. And then you try to come back and take your home back. And they say, absolutely not. You have no right here. And then you're like, well, can I, they basically throw you in a refugee camp. Like you're, it's, the most horrible, god-awful, terrible thing that ever happened. And the Jews just, uh, what do you want to fucking say about it, man? The Israelis are just like, yeah, it happened. This is how we formed our country. Hmm. It's awful, dude. <laughs> but, it, and so I think I talked to Tony and, about and this. They have the, un, the they have the unmitigated gall to say that they had the right to do this because well, god of, told because them god because because god <laughs> chose them they're the chosen people roger are you some sort of anti-semite <laughs> god told them they they're could the, do that <laughs> uh, <laughs> called itself chosen <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just they're, terrible, they're man. They, they they worship their race. They worship their own people. They worship their nation, as if as if it were a god. It's <sighs> idolatry. Well, I mean, they okay, have like, no god but themselves. Like, like every nation is kind of built upon some similar story of like uh, some horrendous act. Well, see, this is what I was going to say, because me and Tony have talked about this. This is basically imperialism, but it's happening right now, and that's why we're all sensitive to it. So go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, I don't necessarily think it's anything special, or you, maybe unique's a better word. I just feel like this is kind of like the human condition, and it's happening in a closer time frame. But, I mean, that's how we got our nation, 100%. We took a bunch of land that was occupied by people, killed them. I Dude, 100%. Like, what we did to the fucking Native Americans. Like, I was, I was listening to some old patriotic songs because, of course, my family is also ultra patriots, right? And the whole, the, okay, there's that one song that says from sea to shining sea. And I was like, what does that mean? So <laughs> think about what sea from shining sea means. It's that Western destiny, uh, the manifest destiny. They're like, we absolutely have to touch. Our country has to make it to the Pacific Ocean. So damned be anyone that lives in the middle, right? That's what that means. They're like, we. this is our manifest destiny from God. We're going to take everything from the Atlantic all the way to the Pacific. That's our country. That's what God said. We're doing this. We're the white man. And damned if they didn't, they did, right? So uh, it is funny when 
the American, well, the American government doesn't try to act like the good one in the room, but the, the rest of Europe and other people do. And it's, it is funny that like to play devil's advocate, even for on the Palestinian side, where you would say something like, well, hasn't every single country been a result of, you know, of aggression, of conquest, of murder, of, you know, it is something interesting and it is something to take, you know, to take into mind and to think about and to discuss. It's just, it's really terrible when we, we've, it, it happened so recently that we can see it, we can feel it. And there's people that are, that have survived it. And it's, it is terrible, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a solution for it. Um, fuck. I mean, that's the, that's a tough part. Is I can I, I can see both sides of it, and it's just this horrible situation that people are in right now. Roger, what do you think about that? Um, I guess I'm not understanding the question. <laughs> oh, I don't know if there's a question necessarily, but like. Like, cause we're sitting here condemning Israel for taking that land, which was god awful. But we're sitting here in America. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Amer- America did, did uh, possess the the natives that were here, and uh, and I think they thought they had the right to do that, just because they had uh, the power to do that, and that's that's probably not good. That's definitely not good. Um, there could have been a different different way if if they had been more Christian, I think, if they'd been more like Christ. Um, One more and, time, who was? The, hmm? the colonizers or the natives? The colonizers. Because okay, the okay. colonizers have been more like Christ. They, they would not have, have, have stolen people's land and, and well, I guess I guess the the, the uh, natives didn't really consider any any property. For the most part, they didn't consider that they owned property. That the that they lived that they lived on the land because the land was there, and and they they used the land for what they needed it for, and they. So, so it wasn't necessarily that they owned the land, and and that was part of the reason why the the colonizers thought they could take it because because the natives didn't think they owned it. Well, see, <laughs> I'll play devil's advocate with that too because like there was just different terms, and it, I think things got lost in translation. There's different like there's different uh, like property norms, right? So yeah. it's the same thing where I would say something like. Uh, the Palestinians didn't think they owned it either. They thought that they'd been living here forever and they were paying, you know, some money to the sheik or whatever. Right. And like, it's hard to say when things aren't universal. Right. So uh, they definitely didn't think that if they had sold this property to the, the white people that were buying it for like, I don't know, a sack of beans or some stupid or a bottle of booze. They didn't think that they would never be allowed to use it again. They didn't think that if they trespassed, they would have got shot. They didn't think, you know, it's like, uh, and most of the agreements that were made between the Native Americans and the colonizers 
were were only enforced while it was beneficial to the you know to the colonizers, and then as soon as it wasn't, they threw them under the bus and said, "I don't care. I don't care what you wrote." And they would just. I don't think there's. I, mean, I can't think of one policy that was that is still being enforced. You know that they actually agreed to and and kept their side of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, so that was like really said, awful. Like I said, if if the colonizers had been more Christian, in other words, keeping their promises, I think I think that's one of the things that is is very basic to Christian theology is that you keep your promises and yeah, that you don't agree, you man. don't hurt people. I find, I find, okay, I have a hard time. I know that humans are flawed and that humans make mistakes and that humans do terrible things and they're not examples of God when they're doing these things. But like, I think of myself, like I am a, I'm an indigenous person and I have done enough studies on this subject to know that like they would come here, they would make some sort of agreements with them and, or like, they, they saw, like, actually, some of the Catholic priests were the best people on this, actually. A lot of the Catholic, Catholic priests knew what, they, what was happening was evil, and they saw the indigenous people as other human beings. But the, those conquistadors would come here and be like, hey, you're either going to accept Jesus or we're going to kill you. Like, that's not how Jesus works, first of all. <laughs> Second, like, no. uh, one of the most routine things that they would do to these women is like they weren't supposed to have like this i found fascinating and kind of interesting this was spanish people that while they were coming uh and exploring uh i guess you'd say like uh central and south america they would have the women convert to catholicism first before they would rape them because they would have to have sex with like a, a christian i i i heard that i was like what i don't even understand why they would do that but they would have some sort of ceremony where they would have these women accept jesus first and then they would rape them and I, <laughs> dude it's Damn, just I, I have never heard of that i have never uh, heard of that i will send you a link if you want to hear about it uh, it's just god awful now those weren't christian those weren't catholic priests that were doing that those were like the conquistadors and soldiers uh I found that fascinating and horrifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I now I heard this through. Uh, I want to say who was this? This was uh, the Martyr Made podcast and History on Fire podcast. So Daniele Bellelli and uh, the the guy that does Martyr Made, he's really great. Um, but these guys are accredited, actual like as much as you you know accept accreditation, right? These guys are actual professors, and they only talk about things that they supposedly know about but i mean we're in the business of conspiracy theory so like i don't really take people in authority as you know as people in authority so except you know take that as with a grain of salt but that's what they were saying so roger uh we want to hear more man do you have do you so do you consider yourself maybe a truther and or conspiracy theorists like what what are your thoughts on like things that are happening in the world today uh truther you mean as far as uh um 911 or uh 
<laughs> yeah, dude, like a seeker of the truth. Yeah, nine one one, like I, any I, of this I, stuff. I do, I do seek the truth. That's one, that's one of my one of my things, I guess. One of my main things. I I don't I don't want to have have to live by lies. I don't want the country to have to live by lies, and uh, it 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 pains me deeply to, to be in a in in a uh, uh, what you call it a, a, a subterfuge of lies. Yeah, <laughs> where, where there's no place to stand anymore, you know. If you can't if you can't stand on truth, then there's nothing. And and I that's that's where I where I look at it. And what do you, uh, what do you think is the biggest lie right now that's going on in society? Oh, well, the one that's that's affecting us most is COVID, of course. Um, it it's affecting our our whole society from top to bottom. So I would say that's one that we need to, to really address. So um, what do you think? Okay. What do you think are the motivations behind the people that are spreading the lies? And what do you think? Um, power how, and control. Power and control, for sure. Who do you think the people are? And what do you think that? Okay. But do you think there's more than that? So when I when you say power and control, like I, obviously I 100% agree with you, but I see things like they needed this. Well, first of all, like I Tony disagreed with me a little bit on this. Like to me, this was almost 100% to get Donald Trump out of the presidency. Like they basically did this whole thing because like people were always saying like there's no fucking way that Donald Trump is going to lose unless like the economy completely crashes and the world sets on fire and what happened the economy crashed and the world set on fire like we had you know like so to me, they stole it yes absolutely i agree with you <laughs> yeah i 100 percent agree with you so there, there's that right so i feel like covid was a lot to do with that but i also feel like covid had a lot to do with like the economic system that was failing and crashing and they were going to have to face up with like we've been printing money out of thin air for absolutely ever we've been affecting like uh uh what do you call that uh anyways they've been manipulating uh what do you call that (laughs) <laughs> money yeah they've been manipulating money but it was uh anyways like yeah. uh, long story short they've just been screwing with the dollar for absolutely ever and it doesn't mean a thing anymore the dollar bill means nothing the only thing that's holding it in place is our might right and so it was definitely going to crash and so this was a way of resetting that and or giving an excuse why the dollar had to crash yeah, that's part of it. I think I think the the rise of the cryptocurrencies are is also part of what's going to go, going to be the next step for for the economy, and uh, that's even worse than than fiat money. I think it's 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 uh, imaginary money. <laughs> well, to me, fiat as soon as the Federal Reserve was enacted, and as soon as they could like start printing, literally, they didn't have to have. Like they, they only had to have 10% reserves, right? They mm-hmm. could, they could basically loan you out 
90% of money that they don't have. As soon as they, they started doing that, it was all just pretend money. It was all just monopoly money. Like there was nothing that was tying the money together. But what I think you're right is as far as like crypto exploding for a minute, like I think there is a big correlation between the dollar crashing and crypto uh, going sky high because people are looking for something besides the dollar. That's just desperation. But and you're actually seeing the inverse of inflation and, you know, but more so than that. I've definitely heard enough people say this, and I think they might be right, that crypto is being used to try to get us to get used to a digital dollar. It's trying to get us to get used to and like normalize us getting off of any form of paper currency at all so that we would start having like wallets basically on our phone because we already do. Like I can put, I can pull up my debit card or my credit card on my stupid phone right now. I can go to a store and I can pay for it and go beep with my phone like and they're trying to tie that in to your identity like this this is basically what again what covid is all about is to scare us about this crazy virus that is maybe just the flu or maybe it was some lab leaked i you know whatever it was but it's not anything more dangerous than the flu but they're you're using this as a way to say like ev- absolutely every single person needs to get the vaccine and then more so you need to have a vaccine passport and then we can tie that to your identity and then we, you can we can set up your social credit system tied to this you know like mm-hmm. every your entire identity is going to be in this because this was ID 2020 this is what they wanted to happen before and like people just weren't, you know, getting on board. And so they use this thing to make it happen. That's how I see it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they, uh, they, uh, they have like an agenda 2030 or something like that. Yes. Also, these, mm-hmm. are, these are things that things that they have planned. And I think this is just a means to get there. And if they, if they get what they want, they will, rule the world in even stronger ways than they do now. And I'm not saying that that's the Jews. I, I'm saying that it's, that's whoever is, 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 is doing this. The people that are, that are, that are manipulating everything are going to destroy it. And, and destroy our freedom, first of all. It would be Absolutely. nice to be able to, to just go anywhere without without any uh, restrictions again. Um, I think I think Canada and, and and UK are still pretty much locked down because of this. Why? It's nothing. It's always been nothing. It's never been a pandemic. Well, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to like it. It, ben- it definitely benefits a lot of people to have us all isolated. That's how power is maintained. I, and, oh, sorry, Tony. Go uh, ahead. I was just going to defend crypto, too. I feel like this has a really... <laughs> it has a really I mean, other than buying land, I mean, what else are you going to really do with your money where it's going to maintain itself? Like, there's few options. And I think if, if, think if it was a government plot, it'd be a lot easier to use. 
Well, what I would say is that like crypto was used and then like the same way that government like incentivizes different things. Like I think that is being used as Ooh. something to get people to, to normalize the idea of. So I, I don't necessarily think the people that made crypto are, you know, I don't like I don't what who's the guy that made Bitcoin? What's his name? Yes. I don't know if he was necessarily a nefarious guy or a CIA agent. You know, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But I don't think that all the guys that are doing crypto right now are in on the new world order. But I think that the government definitely uses things that are there and they they're ten steps ahead of us, man. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that they're using this like they're because right now, do you know that there's a gov coin? Like they're they're they have the system in place. They want to get uh, the United States onto like if we get another stimulus check, there's a good chance that it's going to be tied to our social credit. And if we got our vaccine, and they're probably going to try to give it to us in some sort of like government wallet. You'll have to download an app. You'll have to download an app, and then you can get your money. There's gonna be you some know? great spyware in that. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. They want to be able to track and trace every single purchase that we make. They want to know every single thing about us. That's what 5G is about. They call it the Internet of Things. It's the only way that they're absolutely going to be able to connect everything in your house. Like, they're already talking about having smart refrigerators and smart toilets. They want toilets that are, if you go poop on the toilet, that toilet is going to read the things that you pooped into it, right? So they're going to know if you're taking the drugs or medication that the government has prescribed to you. They're going to know if you're taking illegal drugs. They're going to know if you're taking supplements. They're going to know if you're eating uh, too much meat because they don't want you to eat too much meat. They want you to be, eat some like pro, you know, some vegetable or plant or protein and or some bug protein. Like they're going to know so much about you by your smart toilet. Like it, it's going to be tied into well, your insurance. That's going to be tied into your social credit. That's going to be tied into like your refrigerator. What do you have in your refrigerator? How many times are you going into your refrigerator? Do you have too much meat in there? Are you, you it's, it's this whole system. I don't know. Okay, so sorry, go ahead, Tony. <laughs> okay. I, I am questioning the toilet thing just because I don't know how that would work. I'm trying to figure out how that would actually work. Cause it would Dude, have... I'll send you a link on it. It's for real. Really? It's, kidding. Yes. That is the new thing. They're really trying to push in smart toilets. It's the technology where it's a computer toilet that you're pooping into. And it's going to read the poop that you poop into it. Oh, and then, like, if you really understand what the 5G is supposed to be, it's supposed to be literally everything in a smart talking and in communication with it like 24 hours a day. That's why it's supposed to be faster. Your toaster is supposed to be able to be talking to your refrigerator. That's supposed to be talking to your washer. That's supposed to be talking to your dryer. That's talking to your cell phone. That's talking to the toilet. That's talking like, that's what 5g is all about. It's called the internet of things. It's, yeah. It's, it's really interesting. It feels like we're just in this digestive track right now. And all the enzymes are coming out. Like they're just yeah. breaking us down into information. Uh-huh. Like we're in the middle of something, some transformation. The transhuman agenda is really what this is all about. And it's dark and deep and evil. Yeah. Roger, <laughs> what are your thoughts on any of this? Are you? 
I think we're, uh, um, I think that, that we are going to have uh, some interesting times coming on. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. What, what would you say? What's your crazy conspiracy? What, what, like, what is something that's, are, what's your favorite conspiracy? And what's your craziest conspiracy that you think is true? Or that you kind of flirt with? Well, I, I think that uh, um, Israel had a lot to do with 911. That's one that's probably the least, uh, uh, least uh, um, believed. Everybody among... needs to Google dancing Israelis. Everyone, well, yeah. don't Google it. Duck, duck, go it, I guess. Or, <laughs> you know, research yeah. the dancing and... Israelis. Okay, yeah. keep going. <laughs> but 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 he, but the guy who owned the towers, he's he bought them yeah. just, just months before and and took out all kinds of insurance on them so that he could cash in on it. So, it Fuck, was yeah, you're absolutely you're right. Yeah, the guy that owned the buildings definitely took out goo gobs of like billions of dollars of insurance on this for sure. And then, yeah. all, sorry, I. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Roger. <laughs> um, I I guess that that's that's the the probably the most uh, controversial one. Um, uh, things that are going on now, as far as as the the COVID thing, I think I think that uh, my conspiracy theory or my my theory right now is that they're going to have a real pandemic come along i mean one that actually does kill a lot of people yeah buddy i think you're right and are they going to blame it on the anti-vaxxers are they going to say that it was a strain you know a strain that mutated and it's because that those doggone jerks that wouldn't that are anti-social and they wouldn't get their vaccination it's because of them I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't su be surprised, but I'm but I'm also thinking, uh, from what I'm hearing about uh, the vaccines, is that they're that they are a time bomb. They oh changing yeah. our, our physical makeup. They're changing our DNA so that it makes things that that cause um, autoimmune disease. That's the yeah. actual that's the actual mechanism of the MR M RNA uh, vaccine, so-called. It's not even a vaccine. It's it's gene therapy. But uh, if it's making the spike protein that's part that's supposedly part of the of the virus, it makes our bodies make that so that it the bot our body can fight that. That is is exactly the definition of autoimmune disease. If we're making ourselves fight ourselves, that is autoimmune disease. That is, um, uh, yeah, I've heard it referred to as like a cytokine storm, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like your body will now see it and react and attack and will make you sick by your body's reaction to, um, yeah seen a, a a coronavirus in the wild from now on mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on vaccine shedding have you heard of the term have what do you think about that do you think that's a real thing well 
the, the creators of the vaccine say it is. So I would get I would guess that uh, they're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, what what the heck were they called? They were called self-administering or self. Uh, self-propagating uh, vaccines. Yeah, propagating. There you go. Self-propagating vaccines. Absolutely. So they, they're definitely working with that technology. Do you think that the current vaccine that they've given to everybody is one of those? What do you what do you think about that? I think it's a it's a prototype of it. I think uh, what the shed what's going to be shed is the is the uh, spike protein, and people are going to react to the spike protein, and uh, in uh, um, a minority of the people are actually going to have problems with that and die from it, but uh, it it will change the way that our bodies work. And this will will make this will make things worse for for health in general. See, it makes me nervous because I definitely work with. I think there's three people at where I work. There's three other people that are not vaccinated. Everybody else is vaccinated. I don't really necessarily want to be around them, <laughs> but I don't have a choice, so I don't know how that's going to work. So you are vaccinated. Oh, I am not. No, I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. Me and three other people are the only ones that are not vaccinated. I'm saying every other idiot that I work with is vaccinated. And I don't want to be around people that are vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also that technology is just going to progress like all technologies. I mean, you remember what an iPhone one could do? I mean, that's only like what eleven generations away. Recording ah. this on an iPhone seven, which is like ancient by tech standards. Tony, quit scaring me. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I, I think I think the problem with with this experimental vaccine. Um, it's the first time it's been tried, and they're trying it on millions. I mean, the, they're trying it on the whole population. It's not. It's not been. It's not been vetted. <laughs> so where are we going to go with this? They they've opened a can of worms. They've they've opened something that can't be closed. Roger, I want your opinion on this because. I think about this maybe more than almost anything, okay? I think about the different things that they're doing right now. So we see these moron psychopaths that are like tr like Bill Gates that are trying to pump like aluminum and all kinds of crazy barium and all these kinds of things in the stratosphere, trying to block out the sun, sun rays, right? We see them putting, they're talking about putting nanoparticles in the water to like affect our bodies. We see them talking about like, doing like genetically modifying these fruits plants every like a, a produce and they're trying to do all these crazy things to like food to water to air and i'm like you people have to live here too what are you doing like this is definitely experimental like from their perspective like they're just they're throwing darts at the board like what do you think either do you think they have like do you think they have 
the antidote or, you know, or like, what are they doing? I don't think they have the antidote. That's for sure. I think, I think what they've done is, is, uh, um, what Bill Gates has planned is, uh, is to uh, get rid of a whole lot of the population. Um, you think there's too many people in the world. So <laughs> what better way to kill them off than to, to force them into vaccinations that kill them. But they live here too. And if they're making self-propagating vaccines, aren't they going to get it too? And like, okay, that's another question. Do you think Bill Gates got the same shot that they're giving at Walgreens? (laughs) (laughs) Or did he get saline? Or did he get something else? Like, did he get the real antidote? What did Fouch Dog get? What did you know? (laughs) <laughs> you know, maybe I think in some ways these people believe their own shit. Like I think that maybe, like I think that they think that they're the good guy in the situation. Now I, I don't know whether or not they have actually had the actual vaccine, but I do think, I think that they think that they're the good people in the situation. One hundred percent. I don't know if I give them that benefit. Maybe, maybe <laughs> some of them have, have gotten the adrenochrome and, and think they can they can live forever. Yes. <laughs> yes. <Maybe. laughs> I mean, what else is keeping Joe Biden animate at this time? Well, you know, <laughs> well, I think that that's my take on this. I think that what they do, what they want is they want to learn how to edit genetics to the point where they can live forever. And they are experimenting on that right now. And I think that to me, that's what this is all about. In my this opinion. is definitely about the transhuman agenda for sure. Like anytime you hear Elon Musk talk, good Lord, or his wife Grimes or whatever she's called. Like I just heard a, l- a little video from her saying something, talking to she was like trying to uh, convince communists to join her. She was like, look, communists, the best thing that you could ever see would be AI. AI is going to solve all of our problems. AI is going to get rid of, uh, what did she say? Basically, it was going to get rid of all uh, scarcity and that we'd never have to work again because robots would do this for us. So it, she, it was basically like a call for all communists to embrace AI. I was well, like, good Lord. <laughs> You can be fat, lazy losers all you want. Well, I think from a communist perspective, an AI would be really appealing. Oh, they'd love it. Yeah. I mean, that just seems like what they want is an AI to control everything. Well, she's definitely Elon Musk's PR for the Communist Party. So, well, and also Elon gave his son like a serial number name. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like, we all laughed at that. It was funny. And now we're like, okay, wait a minute. Like, this whole transhuman thing is, um, well, dude, have you ever listened to Elon Musk talk for more than five minutes? Yeah, like, there, so there's the something person. wrong. There's something wrong, dude. He's a <laughs> robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that you spend enough time with robots. <laughs> Roger, what do you think about transhumanism? I think I think it's uh, uh, a, a heresy of of Satanism. I was going to say I don't think that there's anything more antichrist than transhumanism. It's like trying to deny what God created. You know, we are humans, and it's it's humans trying to build better. 
It's trying to like, and so like I actually had this conversation with Tony. I think uh, the last time we talked, like I think that that is so. I I will actually Roger. I want to get your thoughts on what do you think about interdimensional beings? What do you think about aliens? What do you think about the people that the elite are talking to? Oh, uh, for aliens, I would say that they are demons. They there are no other trans. Uh, there are no other. Uh, uh, according to the to the scriptures, there are no other sentient beings than angels, demons, and humans. And so, if there if there are anything that is um, acting like aliens, they are demons. That's my opinion. I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, especially when they are described as interdimensional. I'm like, okay, <laughs> demons. Like, you know, <laughs> but um, demons me, are spiritual beings, they are angels that have fallen. Um, they have the same powers as angels. They can they can uh, appear to people. They can appear to humans and show themselves. They can do things that uh, affect the, the physical universe. And so it's very possible, very likely, that alien um, uh, appearances are demons. So I, I'll give you a little bit of... Okay, so... From secular point of view, these things, they call them interdimensional beings, are communicating with the elite, with the people that are in charge of this world. And they're talking to people that are, are like in elite places, like maybe Elon Musk, maybe the president, whoever they are, probably not Joe Biden because he can't even talk at all, but maybe someone else. And if these people are like listening obeying and enacting the will of these interdimensional beings because they think that they're aliens they think that they're getting this technology they think they're getting this knowledge from these interdimensional beings and so like i was talking to tony i was like there's definitely some there's definitely some thought that they th that anyways that ai this whole idea of ai uh and this whole bringing about like transhumanism and, and AI at the same time, that actually might be the Antichrist. Like it would be a way for to bring him to this planet because maybe, you know, like he can't affect us in a, uh, okay. Anyways, you go from here. Sorry. What, what do you think about all the crazy stuff that I just said? <laughs> well, the devil has a plan for the end times and he thinks he's going to win, but he won't. That's, that's yeah. that, I guess. Um, there's, there's not, there's not, uh, there's not any, well, if there's transhumans um, that are, that are talking to us or talking to the elites, I guess um, they are, uh, they are uh, uh, not uh, God. They're not, uh, they're not, good <laughs> so there there's no way they that we should listen to them the people that listen to them are the ones that uh, um think that uh, evil is good 
Well, it just so happens that all those people that talk to these interdimensional beings and communicate with them on a regular basis and do the whims of these people also happen to, you know, like murder and molest children and worship Satan and do all this terrible, god awful things. And it's just like, huh, coincidence. Huh? <laughs> no coincidence there. We've run out of coincidences. <laughs> You, if you start referring to yourself as a Luciferian, I think we have some issues. <laughs> uh. Oh, well. Tony, what do you think about all this crazy stuff we're dropping? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not necessarily... Um, I don't know how much like this actually communication between like aliens or demons and people in elite positions um there might be but it always strikes me as weird like if aliens came or whatever i don't think that they would see power in the same way that we do like to me it'd be just like going and seeing like a pack of monkeys and trying to figure out like who the alpha monkey is i'm just like it doesn't matter like none of you can figure out a screwdriver and that's kind of the way they would look at us Tony, th- th- I think you're thinking about actual aliens. Like, what we're talking about, <laughs> like, uh, I don't think, honestly, if there are aliens on other planets, because this universe is vast, I don't know that there are or aren't. And I can't say there aren't, because, well, the whole thing is, I don't understand space, and I don't trust NASA or people that tell me about space. So I don't know. Is space infinite or is it you know not infinite i don't know but if it is as infinite as they say it is then i think that there probably are other you know life forces out there or something but what we're talking about is probably uh like ultra terrestrials and we're talking about things that are here that are interdimensional and like i know it sounds crazy but like there has been communication between like, and this started like basically in the well, I mean, it could have started from you know millennia ago, but I'm like, this is I'm thinking about like the 1900s when they started getting really deep into like spiritualism and they really started like try, trying to like uh talk to angels, you know, like the Enochian, like, like, and the I I personally believe there are inter- interdimensional demons and humans have been in contact with them for a long time. Well, I'm, I'm definitely open to the idea there's a lot of different entities, like interdimensional stuff going around. I don't necessarily, like, every, every culture has some kind of spiritual tradition. There's always, like, people in it that kind of talk to things that other people can't see. So I'm completely like I think there's definitely something going on. Um, I don't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily classify things as demons or not. Like I don't <laughs> I, I don't know what the morality of these things are. And I, Roger, I Roger, just to let you know, Tony is not necessarily Christian, but I think Tony uh, thinks of himself as spiritual, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So so Roger doesn't have the same. I, where you could call baggage <laughs> that you and I have. So he definitely sees things through a different lens. And I, and I think that's really important. So I, I also, yeah. I, tell me more, Tony. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. I think that there's just a lot of 
different creatures out there um, that I I don't have any personal experience with them. Um, so I don't know. I just hear like from what other people say. Um, and yeah, I think there's like, you know, people have souls and, you know, when we can resonate off each other, we can feel our emotions off of each other. If someone dies, like you, there's something that happened in that moment. So we're not just that material. So I, I don't necessarily have a, yeah, I think that the, I think the I think one of the major problems with it is like there's people who may be doing this and they have incredible amount of power and they don't want to give up that power, so they're gonna to try to figure out ways to. Power is the most addictive thing there is. I think that, you know, you're trying to take away heroin from someone. They're gonna do some pretty desperate stuff. If you take away power from someone. They're going to do some really desperate stuff, too. And if they do have communication with some kind of entities that are beyond us, they can use that intelligence against us. For sure. So from be demonic. Well, from a secular point of view, the way that I've heard this described is they'll say higher frequency beings and lower frequency beings. And basically what I've heard from a secular point of view that like the elite and the people, the power elite that are in charge of this world are in contact and communication with these low frequency, low frequency beings that they are easier to communicate with and they will tell you what you want to hear and they will make promises to you. They will make promises of technology and or power and control and different things like that. And that there are higher frequency beings that are maybe don't aren't as communicative and maybe those are angels and, or maybe God himself. And I, so th this is from a, like a secular point of view, right? So this isn't like uh, so that they're higher frequency beings and lower frequency beings. And it just so happens that the elite are in communication with these lower frequency beings. And so maybe uh, since me and Roger have a different perspective on things, we have a, we have words viewing this through a Christian lens. We might attribute those lower frequency beings to being demons. We <laughs> <sit> there. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's, there's definitely like it makes sense to me that if there's all these entities out there, that some of them are what we would consider demonic. They definitely do not have our interest at heart. So that I think that's a very fair way of looking at it. And well, and so what I would think about this transhumanism thing is that, mm. like, if you listen to Elon Musk. Like, especially, I've heard every single time he's been on Joe Rogan, I listen the entire time, you would talk to him for about three hours. I think he's been on there at least three times. But uh, essentially, he was actually afraid of AI at first. And he would he would say, like, I'm terrified of this. Like, if this comes to being, like, this is going to be the most powerful, smart thing that ever existed ever. It's going to be, like, it's going to be able to read itself, and it's going to be able to improve itself like at a rate that we can't even imagine. Like, can you imagine? You, anyways, you know what I'm saying? I can't imagine. And, yeah, I can't imagine. Like, we have no idea. So, like, what would be a second to us would be like a hundred years to it. You know what I mean? As far as like it being able to progress and do all these things. And so, what he was saying is that his only hope was that humans would would live and grow to become a symbiote with the AI. And that's the only reason why it would let us live. 
And so it, it's actually a really sad, sick idea where he's saying that, like, we have to become one. We have to merge with this AI or it will kill us. And he's terrified of it because, like, obviously he's on the forefront of bringing it about. But he's saying, like, even if I stopped, even if I had nothing to do with it, even if I, like, like turned away right now and just lived my life, somebody else is going to do it. It's it very much reminded me of like the Manhattan Project and them all knowing they're like we're making this nuclear bomb right now, but like if we don't do it, then the Nazis are going to do it, right? Yeah. So it, it was like this, like so we have to do it first. Like that's very much his mindset. And yeah, it's uh, pretty terrifying, especially if you look at it from the perspective that this thing might have its own consciousness in another realm. Yes, and maybe, well, that's the whole thing is that maybe in the very beginning form, it will have, you will have some, uh, you will be able to have some control over it. You'll have to have some influence over it if you do it correctly, if you do it, you know, at the very, very beginning steps, right? And so like he was trying, what he said over and over again, the very first time he was ever on Joe Rogan, he was saying things like, I was trying to get every single world government, he says, I've met with world leaders all over the planet, trying to get them to agree to some sort of regulation where he said like, we're all trying to get AI, yes. So what we need to do is we need to have some presets in it. Like we have to have a kill switch and we have to have it, like we have to have like a regulation in it that says like human life is the utmost respect we can't you know interfere or hurt you know or kill human life like he wanted to have some like uh like some deep code written into the ai and he wanted to have all the world governments agree to that but so i guess where i come down to is i think maybe perhaps tell me what you guys think that ai is is coming about by demonic presence and or interdimensional presence talking to people trying to manifest itself in our dimension because like you said like they can appear to us they can see us but they can't do a whole heck of a lot because this isn't their realm this isn't their like they can possess a body or they can do something like that but like i I feel like they're trying to bring themselves here and maybe the only way they can really truly see themselves here is through this artificial intelligence. Maybe that's like we're creating them a way to interact with us directly. I agree with that. I I, I feel like that. Uh, I'm not. Th- I'm, I don't believe that necessarily. Like every minute of every day, but I'm definitely like very open to that possibility that there is another consciousness from another dimension. It's very, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be demonic, although it does feel that way um, at most times, just because it's new. Um, Yeah, so I think that I I would agree with most of that. What do you think, Roger? I think that the the demonic powers are, are weak compared to the angelic powers and to God. They, they do not have the power to actually take over and completely overrun the human race. I think that, that, uh, that uh, um, well, 
We pray to St. Michael, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle, protect us from the snares of the devil, and deliver us from all the powers of hell. So, Roger, what are your th- what are your thoughts on this? Okay, so like we said, the demons are going to try, the devil is going to try. So, what if this is their shot? What if this is them trying? And then, like you said, like uh, maybe the demons don't have the same power that uh, that God has. Obviously, like I agree with you. So, what if it he they need people to capitulate? They have to agree to it. And, and like honestly, that's how I see this first step as taking this vaccine is like you you're starting to manipulate your body. You're starting to change your body over. Like this could be definitely like I don't know if this is necessarily the mark of the beast or what you think about the mark of the beast, but this might be the first step towards that normalizing that. Like crypto normalizing you know, a one world government coin or something. What what do you think about that? I think that uh, the the uh, <clears throat> the devil thinks he can do it. I think he otherwise he wouldn't even try. Um, he's he does have he does have a power over humans in in especially in in their vices. If he can he. If he can corrupt people through greed, through lust, through through uh, hatred, he will, and he does, and he does it every day. He does it. He does it with me sometimes, and I and I I find it hard, even to fight in my own in my own personal life against the devil. But I I have to pray. That's what. That's the only way. That's the only way there is going to be any change, any any protection against this this onslaught of the devil is through prayer, and especially the prayer of the Rosary. Um, I, I know I know you're not Catholic, but but the the prayer of the Rosary is is has been ordained by God to help us in our in our needs and well that's easy. fascinating i should i'll look into the prayer of the rosary like i like i don't consider myself catholic but i do consider myself an open-minded person and i look into all different things so i will definitely look into the prayer of the rosary um i do find fascinating what you said like you're saying that the devil will try and he'll try to use our greed and he'll try to use our vices and our sins against us and i the first thing that came to my mind is i was thinking the things that they're offering right now to get the vaccine like me and tony were laughing about it but like well one thing that they're trying to do is they're trying to give actual money incentives right the root of all evil is the love of money right so they're trying to get they're doing like covid vaccines like where we're at in oregon they're trying to offer us like if we sign up you're entered into a lottery to win a million dollars. But in places like Las Vegas, they were offering, um, this one strip club was offering free lap dances and like free bottle service. They were going to pick you up in a limo and have girls do all these crazy dances on you. And I was like, that is, that is serving the lowest common denominator. That's serving, serving the lowest element of people that are just going to sign on for that. They're like, oh, lap dances? Okay, sure. Put that experiment in me. You know, and it, it's just funny that 
it's that's the that those they are trying to appeal to our base nature they're trying to like also like in washington they're trying to give joints for jabs and like here in oregon like there's places that'll give you a free beer and you know what i mean it's like is that really worth it to you are you you ready to do that for what you know yeah oh wait they uh they uh in in here here in uh Minnesota, they they were having a uh, uh, dance recital. Uh, kids kids in their dance club, showing their dance recital, and they were going to have free um, free jobs with with the dance recital <laughs> if you attended. So free. It, it, I'm sorry, of, I missed it. Free what? Free free jabs. Free free oh. uh, injections. <laughs> vaccines whatever with with the, with attendance at at the dance recital ah, that's insane. Which, which was, uh, of course outside and social distanced with math of course of course, of course. yeah uh, just, just, um, just a heads up my battery's gonna die in about 10 minutes so okay well i think that we've done a marathon episode already so uh we'll let you roger we'll let you close this out tell us like dude tell us anything you want to tell us uh talk to us about anything you want to talk about it can be conspiracy related we can go back to christian zionism you can talk about catholicism like wherever you want to take this oh you want me to close huh yeah Uh I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> or maybe where you see the world going or where you want to see it go. Like the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. Well, um, in 1917, our, our lady of Fatima appeared to three children and she asked that uh, Russia be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That is the uh, what what appears to be to me the heavenly answer to all of our problems. Russia has propagated its errors throughout the world. Communism is at our doorstep right now. Abortion was was first legal in Russia. That's fascinating. All, I did not know that. All of these things, all of these things, all these modern errors, all these modern sins have a, a very strong connection to Russia. And if Russia is converted when it is when it is um, consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary by the Pope and all the bishops of the world at the same time, that is when the change will come. That is what will save the world from from the evils we have now. That um, is fascinating. I don't I don't know how to explain it simply but uh that's what that's what this apparition this apparition happened 
from May to October of, six times a year, she appeared to three shepherd children. And it was culminated with the miracle of the sun on October 13th, 1917. October 17th was the start of the Russian Revolution. And so the miracle of the sun is probably the most documented miracle of our age. And nobody knows about it. <laughs> I, I didn't know a thing about it. Yeah, that's fascinating, man. The miracle of the sun was, was, was witnessed by 70,000 people at Fatima and quite a few others also in in the area of Fatima. It was the, the sun spun and and uh, seemed to drop, seemed to try to drop to the earth. And uh, had all, all sorts of rainbow uh, colors to it. And Everyone that was there, although they had been rained on for for hours and hours, was completely dry and clean of of all the mud. Everything dried up at once. It was a miracle. Wow! You could look into it, but uh, I will. But uh, the main the main teaching of of the of the message of Fatim was to pray the rosary every day. Well, <laughs> that that's awesome, man. I will definitely look into, so it is called one more time. What will you call it? It's the, uh, I'm going to listen to this like 10 times, so I'll, I'll catch it. But uh, it's the miracle of the sun. You said, Miracle of the Sun at Fatima. Miracle of the Sun at Fatima. Fatima okay. Porter, Portugal. The three the three um, steers were Jacinta, Francisco, and Lucia. And That's they, awesome. And they and the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to them. Also, the the Angel of Portugal appeared to them long before that and taught them some prayers that's pretty cool man that's really yeah. fascinating um so i mean it, talking about interdimensional beings angels coming down and talking to people that i mean that if nothing else think about like i mean because how can we even imagine what heaven is that has to be a different dimension right like it has to be well, it, it, so, it is a different dimension, but it's also yeah, it's something we can't touch. We, we live in, we live in it yeah. now. If we are in the straight state of grace, if we if we are are right with God, we live in heaven, right now. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's basically what my my church taught me was like that. That was definitely one of the things. It was called the here, the the now, and the not yet, and it was like. 
we we are here like it's we are here in the now like in in heaven but also we are not there not yet and it was like this this duality and that's fascinating man that's that's awesome i think uh tony's phone is probably gonna die in here in a second but uh yeah roger i really really appreciated you coming on and talking to us about christian zionism and telling us about like schooling me on catholicism because i didn't know anything about that and um uh dude this was fascinating we appreciate you Uh, i hope you keep listening and dude if you ever want to come back on and talk to us about something else let us know and yeah come come back yeah thank you i hope we didn't keep you up too late i i guess i i about if if you're on the weekends, I can talk to you, but uh, otherwise, I'm going to be on my commute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, we normally do this on a Saturday night. So. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, right. thank yeah. you guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye. <laughs>